He's kind of like the Joe Rogan of the hospitality industry right now. Females are the biggest audience um, or users on the Airbnb platform. I know it's just one OTA, but it's the most popular probably. Yeah. Um, and females are the biggest. So it's also like, uh, you know, I've struggled with my own operations back when I started in 2010. Um, I knew nothing about real estate when I first bought in New York City. And so I made so many mistakes. And it's like, this is my way of leaving the world better than I found that I can at least share with people mm-hmm. um, my trips and falls and successes and help them on their journey because it's a popular industry and I want to see it thrive. So that's that's my why. Welcome to Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast where we discuss all things hospitality, hotels and business. You can find us online at slicktalkthepodcast.com and on every podcast listening platform. In hotels and vacation rentals, the top complaints or issues are noise, garbage, and parking. I may not be able to solve all of your parking and garbage problems, but I could definitely help with your noise problems. And that actually might just help your garbage and parking problems too. So NoiseAware is the only 100% privacy safe noise monitoring solution that property managers and owners can use in order to ensure they avoid parties and other issues happening at their property. You won't get notified when a plate breaks. But if you have a little quiet get-together that kind of gets out of hand, like this, then NoiseAware will give you the peace of mind to ensure that you and your property, and of course, your profits, are protected. So use my code SLICKTALK20 to get 20% off of all noise monitoring devices and focus on the other important things that help you run your business. Now, thank you for checking out Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast. Get back to the episode. And don't forget to check out Noise Aware while you're listening. All right, everybody. Welcome back to Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast. And I am so, so, so dang excited to be here because, man, oh, man, do you ever get to have the opportunity to have two legends on the show at one time is pretty incredible. I highly recommend it, but if you like my podcast, you're going to love these guests because they have a great podcast of their own. I may or may not have been on their show, but they're amazing, and I just want to welcome Sarah and Annette from Thanks for Visiting. So excited to have you guys on the show. How are you doing today? We're so good, and we're so pumped to be here with you, Will. Thanks for having us. It's been a long time coming, but uh, at the end of the day, this is, like I said, a great opportunity. We're going to learn a lot. We're going to dive into your stories. And so, Sarah, since you're the first person on my screen actually right now, uh, let's go ahead and jump in. I want to learn a bit about your stories separately and then how you guys came together in order to form not only your podcast, but your amazing hosting business that you have. Yeah. Okay. So my story starts probably, you know, I've been in the food and beverage industry. That's kind of where I started um, serving guests. Uh, when I was 16, I always knew I wanted to like make money the moment I was legally able to. And so I would serve tables. I worked at McDonald's. I worked at Dairy Queen. I loved all of it. Like I really loved it, um, <laughs> truly. Uh, and I was, ever since I was little, I wanted to be an actor, like a musical theater performer. And so I knew eventually I would move to New York City and I knew I had to make money eventually when I moved to New York City. And I was like, I'm going to bartend. So I had to like get all this bartending experience before I move. Um, did that. 
bartended, had a lot of fun, made a lot of money, found out the real money, especially after the market crash in 2008, was working in hotel food and beverage department. Um, Hotels often have a better hourly rate, plus tips, plus benefits. Like it was awesome. Um, And so that's how I got my, my foot in the door with understanding hotels. Also, you know, another avenue of my interests, um, my husband and I, when we met in college, things that we talked about on our first date was like real estate and Robert Kiyosaki and, um, you know, uh, long-term wealth. And so when we moved to New York, I didn't care that it was the most expensive real estate market in uh, our country. I knew I wanted to own a piece of it. And so I figured out how to do that with an FHA loan. We bought a single family home in Astoria, Queens in 2010, I think. Um, And the reason why I liked it is because it had two doors. It had a door that I would go into to my part of the home. And then it had a basement door that wasn't scary into a space that was like a room and a bathroom. It was a, it was a two piece bathroom. So my husband and I DIY added a shower to it. Um, and I always knew I wanted to have as an actor, people sublet their homes all the time. So I knew I'd have, uh, roommates, right? Like people who are helping to pay our rent. Well, 2010, this thing called Airbnb was popping up in popularity. And I was like, Nick, we should try this. And he was like, you're crazy. And I was like, no, 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 this is going to be good. I work at a hotel. I know how to like change a bed. Like I can like mesh all the things that I love doing. Um, also randomly, like I also loved interior design, got certified interior design. And so had a lot of fun with creating a great space. And we opened up our first Airbnb in that home in New York city. And not only did we like make help pay our mortgage, we exceeded our mortgage and we cash flowed on that property. I was even able to hire a turnover person, which is a friend, which was great to be able to help, you know, have my fellow New Yorkers um, make some side cash. And I was hooked. So we actually doubled the value of that home in four years. We sold it as an operational short-term rental furniture numbers, procedures, and all bought an RV, traveled the US to find another real estate market that we wanted to invest in and buy more short-term rentals, ultimately decided on Columbus, Ohio. And that's where Nettie enters my life. So that's my story. That is crazy. Cool. Like crazy cool. Cause it's so funny how so many people, I think like you and I started in hotels and we're like, oh my gosh, this is like totally something we can do on a micro micro scale, whether it's, yeah. uh, you know, basement door to your yeah, basement, whatever. Uh, I think yeah. it's super cool. So that's exciting. So what did what was like the leading moments? And I guess, uh, Annette, if you want to jump in, uh, kind of getting on how you two bumped heads and like crossed paths and what started from there in your story. Yeah, so my story is very, very different. And I've never worked in a hotel. Uh, I wanted to, I still want to live in a hotel. So that's the allure for me. <laughs> but I actually got fired from a job and I wanted to become part of the sharing economy. And I was like, kind of what happens when people get quit is what I like to call it. You're kind of lost and like, wait a second, what's next? And I'm like, Hey, I don't want to have another boss. How can I, what can I do? How do I become part of the sharing economy? And I had a friend that's a real estate developer and he had some properties that weren't, um, weren't rented. And so I said, let's start, let's start this, uh, thing called Airbnb and did, started with one. And I was like, Holy smokes, this is Columbus, Ohio. Who's coming here. Well, lots of people are coming here. I'm booked all the time. And like, there was more empty space that he had. I'm like, let's do another one. And then it was like, let's do another one and let's do another one. And then all of a sudden 
there were four of them. And it was the number one thing that my friends, family and acquaintances were asking me about. It's like, what is this thing called Airbnb? How are you doing this? I thought I was going to start you know, creating another business. And I was like, wait, this I think is the next business. And when we, I started thinking about the next business, uh, that's where Sarah entered into the world of, I actually met her at a city council meeting because our city was looking to put in some, you know, just some rules and regulations. And honestly, it was probably the hotels that were trying to take us down (laughs) to be, to be honest, but, um, we were there to fight for our right to short-term rent. And I, um, knew about Sarah from social media and I kind of accidentally sat next to her, AKA Uh planted myself next to her. Uh And, um, you know, I, I was wanted to start a podcast and she was a guest on it. And I was like, wait, she should not be a guest. I want to be partners with her because as you heard Sarah's story, we have two very, very different stories of she invests in real estate with her husband. And I, I don't own any real estate and I was investing with, um, you know, um, a real estate developer and I was act- and I'm single. So it was like this really great juxtaposition of two extremely different stories but two people being extremely successful, but the common, real common ground that Sarah and I found is we would talk for hours and hours and hours because we didn't know anybody else like ourselves. Um, we, we were not heads in beds. We really cared about our guest stay. And when we were looking um, in the World Wide web or just in our community for other people like us, hosting can become very lonely. You know, um, you're kind of either turning it, the places over, you know, changing the beds and cleaning showers by yourself. Um, it's not normally something that a group of people do or let alone like your friends, but Sarah and I found ourselves um, every time we would meet for coffee, it would turn into four hours of talking about sheets and towels and Costco and Sam's and Amazon Prime and furniture and guests and operations. And so we just knew that um, if we talked this much, that there would be other hosts out there that wanted to connect and, and wanted to learn. And so that's when we started our podcast. And quite frankly, we wanted to be be able to connect with other people in the industry. So what better way than uh, starting a podcast and be able to talk to people? And it's been, uh, it's been amazing to meet so many hosts from across the country and world that really, um, they host with heart and that's what we're looking for. I love it. I love it so much. That's such a good story. Um, so you said a little something really quickly, though, about Sarah that you knew of her and you, you know, quote unquote, accidentally sat next to her at the city hall meeting. Um, I'm curious. So, Sarah, were you a TV star at one point? <laughs> no, no, <laughs> I'm a I'm a Z-list celebrity. Um, <laughs> I, you know, I did some really cool stuff that no one would ever see that I got actually paid great money for. And then in 2015, I did um, uh, an HGTV series called Beach Flip. And actually, they this year they're redoing it. But they're calling it Battle on the Beach, okay. which was where you get to flip a vacation rental um, on TV. And it was eight episodes. I got to like literally live in the life of construction and interior design for two months and I couldn't have a phone or a computer. And it was like such a great two months. Um, so yeah, I, I, I get to say as seen on HGTV and I'm never letting that, that go. <laughs> no, never, never let go. Cause I think it's funny. Like there's so back in the day, I remember like when I got into Airbnb and like the hotel space, but never saw I couldn't find any shows. And then finally that one show on Netflix came on. It was like, uh, uh, I forget the, 
I don't even know. It was like some stay here. Yeah, stay here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yep. And then I was like, oh my gosh, people are actually doing this. this is like finally oh. getting traction. So yeah. and there's a new Netflix show out called like it's like Best Vacation Rentals of the World. Yes. Yeah. I started watching it. From Beach Flip did that one. Cool. Um and they do they're now they have Battle on the Beach now, which is I think it's I think it's vacation rentals. I could be wrong. Um, Scott McGover has a show, mm-hmm. Vacation Rental Rules or something like yeah. that. Cash Pad. Cash Pad is one. Oh, yeah. People yeah. are. It's booming. But it's cool to see that you guys got on the train first before everybody else. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, and another thing I wanted to touch on is the power of podcasting because you two realize real quick. So kind of tell us the story about Thanks for uh, for Visiting and how that kind of evolved. Because I love the show. It's very well produced. Uh, it's very informative. It's um, something that I refer to quite often, just kind of like, all right, I'm going to look through episodes about, you know, maintenance or housekeeping or whatever operation, you know, thing I'm thinking about. Um, and yeah, I just want to know, like, how did that start and how did it evolve to where it is today? That's Nettie's story. Uh, you know, I'll, again, kind of like wanting to get in the shared economy. I like wanted to start a podcast and truth be told, I've started a few, I started a few of them, but this is the one that has the sticking power. And I think it's because obviously Sarah and I have a lot of synergy, but it, it's just a subject that, um, we continue to talk about and people need to be educated on, but it was really for us a way to, like I said earlier, friends, family, acquaintances, our number one question, everybody wanted to talk to Sarah and I about short-term rentals. And it was like, wait, how can we answer all these questions? How can we be of service? How can we up-level what it means to be a, a host? And for us, it was the easiest path to impact as many people as possible. Uh, for instance, our first seven episodes are uh, all about how to get your short-term rental started. So when people would ask us, it was like, hey, go to these first seven episodes. It's almost seven hours long. Like you're no, we can't, no coffee date is going to be able to last that long. So it really helped us in the beginning, just become this place for, of reference. So we could handle all the questions that we were getting and be very kind about it, but also make sure we were covering all the bases and really helping people get their short-term rental off the ground and feel solid about it. And then it just, as we started bringing guests on, it was like, holy smokes, there's so much more to learn. So some of the episodes are just Sarah and I, but that was the key is to bring on other hosts and other professionals in the industry. So a Sarah and I can continue to learn selfishly, but then also bring all of this knowledge to, to any host, um, that's, that has a little bit of time and has a device that they can listen to. So for us, it was that least of path resistance of, of getting information out to, to hosts uh, and, and helping educate, educate them. I think for me, when Nenny first, when we first met the city council meeting, we had, you know, it's very much like, Oh, Hey, another lady in the space. It's nothing too is um, there aren't too many female voices in our, in the industry um, that are amplified. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then we met up for coffee and that was a long, long conversation there. But what we found was our sticking point, like that thing that we want to talk most about was how we just don't understand how, you know, there are, there are so many, there are a lot of bad, not great hosts, right? They're in it for the wrong reasons. And it's really making it harder for us to succeed because it's just giving the whole industry kind of like a tainted name. And so for us, it was like, I don't want to sit on these 
these, you know, these Facebook groups, these free Facebook groups, they just complain about the guest. They pay about your, your yeah. they complain about the, the paying person that helps you operate your business. And it's like, I think it's not the guest. I think it's you and your yeah. operations and your whole purpose for starting this business. And I'm not saying that we can't all have something to learn and that money shouldn't drive us because it should. We should all make a lot of money doing what we love. But um, for me, that was, I was like, yes, let's talk about operations. Let's talk about systems and processes and safety and all that nerdy stuff that um, that's what made me fall in love with the food and beverage hospitality industry was like, okay, how can we like put all these puzzle pieces together and get that guest served and happy and coming back over and over again. Hundred percent. I love, 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 love to death that you said that because it's the one thing, and we've talked about this like offline a couple times before. Is the, I think you're hundred percent right that this is such a unique space and like you guys operating the way you operate your vacation rentals is completely different from maybe you know another host in Washington or Texas or Florida. But the overall standard of, you know, clean linen, good hospitality, good experiences, expectations that, you know, normal industry standards should be set, um, you know, that that bar is there. But currently we're in, a, I think, a, especially with the, uh, I think, shift of Clubhouse and a few other social media platforms, we're getting to that point where a lot of people are like, I can show you how to make a million dollars on Airbnb. And I know we've talked about this. I see it, Sarah. I see it. I see the face. Uh, yeah, it's the biggest thing because then you get those people that are more not guest friendly. They're, well, who cares? Uh, you charge them for this, you charge them for that. Like, granted, there are a lot of upsells available to our business, but in the sense of, oh, I don't care if it's a honeymoon or anniversary, I'm going to charge you $500 because you checked in or you checked out 30 minutes late and my housekeepers had to wait or whatever it may be. Um, you know, simple stuff like that where, it does leave a bad taste, not only for the guests, but then you have the operators that don't use tools that they should, like noise monitoring or uh, operation tech that keeps their property pristine and clean. And uh, then you have a party, and then Airbnb gets thrown in the headlines, and then we all get trashed on every time we tell people that we're in the vacation rental space because they think, oh, you're a party house operator. Um, the common question I get all the time. So what are your thoughts on... That's like if I could pick your brains on the top three things that you to do in order to, I guess, push that operation profession uh, standard high, high level. Uh, what are those things that you guys are constantly focusing on? I would say number one is safety. Uh, you're inviting people to a space that they are not familiar with, right? And we are very attuned to the, you know, the top three reasons um, claims are made with insurance companies, right? We are, we are not closing our eyes to the, um, the fires that happen, happen, the deck collapses that happen, like all those things that any property manager, and yes, you are managing a property. I'm sorry, like you are a property manager, whether you're hosting a property that you own, that you're subleasing, that you are co-hosting, whatever you want to talk about it. Um, you have to manage that property, whether you um, do it with someone else who, 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 who helps you with the safety component, it doesn't matter. You're responsible. Um, and so we just try to like remind people about that, right? Like, there are so many safety hazards in a property and you have to make sure you are dialed in with maintenance, with, with understanding how a home works. I mean, all those things, even if you're in a big old apartment building, you know yeah. what I mean? There are still hazards inside that home that it's just up to you to make sure that you have a handle on them. Mm -hmm. I love that. 
I think the next thing uh, to toggle off of Sarah is transparency and transparency mm-hmm. to every person involved in the short-term rental from your neighbor to your insurance company, to the city, to your cleaner, your maintenance, anyone that has any sort of contact with that property, mm-hmm. letting them know the intentions of you being a short-term rental and complete transparency. Also transparency to the guest. Is it attached to your house? Are you going to be there? Like we just see a lot of not truthful forthcomingness. And I love Sarah always says this um, when we're giving out tips and I love it is that um, in that transparency part, you know, when you're in your listing, give a, give a, obviously give all the amazing attributes, but also point out a few of those things that might not be so wonderful. Like we like to talk about, Hey, this is an older home. It's got older home charm, AKA the floors might speak because <laughs> real wood floors, you know, or let's say you're in downtown, there might be some noise or you're in a building. So that transparency there of saying not only what's amazing about your space, but things that you might get some kickback or if people aren't used to your particular space, just alerting them to that and, and being transparent. So transparency is yeah. I love that. Another one we use uh, a lot of the properties that we're bringing on are like kind of in rural areas where there's not good uh, Wi-Fi. And so we always say (laughs) this is a great place to unplug because if you are a virtual worker, uh, you may have some issues getting on Zoom because the Wi-Fi is not very fast. So that's always it. And make your life easier. Like, yes, the guest deserves to know that. But in the end, it's going to save the host and their team a ton of time of just letting people know what the what to expect when they're yeah. they're at your space yes yeah it's a it's a good way of preventative maintenance so that way you don't get that complaint when they show up and say hey the wi-fi is really slow i need to get on a work call with this you know fortune 500 company that i work for and is paying me hundreds of thousands of dollars to uh to be traveling the world and being remote worker or whatever uh yeah that definitely helps a lot so good tip good tip as our Slick Talk listeners know, there's a lot of behind-the-scenes work that goes into preparing and maintaining short-term rental properties. That's where Breezeway best-in-class property care and operations platform comes into play. Their easy-to-use tools help you automate, coordinate, and communicate detailed work at each of your properties so you can deliver the best experience to guests and homeowners. Breezeway integrates with over 30 PMS systems and IoT devices, meaning you can easily harness property data from your entire tech stack to build stronger programs for scheduling, quality assurance, guest texting, owner reporting, and much, much more. Visit breezeway.io forward slash slick to learn more. Now, back to the episode. Um, I think this is really cool just because to dive in on your guys' operations, and you mentioned regulation, and I think this is... Um, and also for safety to go back uh, later on today for whoever's listening, you're not going to hear this episode the day or the week that's coming out. But uh, later on today, we're recording with Justin Ford from Breezeway. So we're doing a safety episode uh, mm-hmm. and shout out to them for the safety certification that I, I think, uh, Annette, did you join that train or is it just me and Sarah still? Just you and Sarah. <sighs> but uh, listen, I, my safety is through the roof what it used to be. So yeah. trust me, I'm, I'm, I'm sharpening my tools. The, <laughs> the, the, we'll get her certified. Yeah. Soon after all. Don't worry yeah. About I'm sure Justin will be on me here. Soon oh yeah. For- oh yeah. He'll, he'll, <laughs> he'll text you during the episode. He can probably feel it. We graduate at the same time. Well, I remember being. Oh yeah. I, on- I did see the LinkedIn with both of you for sure. <laughs> I know. No big deal. We're just the coolest kids on the block, whatever. 
Uh, but no, I want to go into regulation because I find this to be the most, it's a big topic for at least our circle. I think we have a pretty mutual circle of operators and, and service providers and whatnot. Um, but a lot of like first time hosts or even, you know, management companies that maybe have like 15, 20 to 30 properties, they don't really focus on the regulatory aspect of, um, being in their destination. What does that look like? Does that look like in Seattle that you can only have two homes that you can own and operate as a vacation rental? Or does it look like, you know, just outside of that, you have to have 30 plus days. Um, is there no regulation at all? Um, so what's the number one thing that you guys do in order when you're bringing on a new home? And I don't know how many you guys have, but are they all in Dayton, Ohio or not Dayton, uh, Columbus? We're mostly in Columbus. Um, we have some outlying areas that uh, that are kind of like vacation. They are vacation rental destinations. Okay. So like Hawking Hills is, is another one. Um, yeah. Uh, so your question is like, how do we know? Yeah. Like what are your what are your steps to just make sure that you're you're operating appropriately and responsibly? Yeah, for us, it's it's at this point now it's easy, right? Like I know my my Columbus, Ohio's <laughs> STR regulations, like the back of my hand. I know every form we have to fill out. I yeah. know the steps it takes and how long it takes. I know the names of the people in the licensing department. <laughs> they know me, <laughs> uh, right? And so even when you venture out into other um, townships and counties, like you have to refamiliarize yourself with with their uh, regulations. Um, so for those of you who maybe are getting into some sort of management aspect where you are going into like other um, remote areas, it's really just reaching out to the government governing body of that of that um, area and making sure that you understand where it's at and then where it's going. Right. Like, where is it poising itself to to be? You know, like we I, when I moved, I moved to Columbus four years ago from New York City and um, I knew Annette and I met at those city council meetings that. It was pretty evident. Now I'm I'm ready for no matter what, right? Like I'm diversifying our business so that no matter what happens, we have a plan. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm pretty certain that Columbus is is short term rental friendly. They like what it's doing for the city. But yeah. there are other yeah. cities that you, then they're doing everything they can to shut the whole industry down in that area. And so I don't know if I would take that gamble, right? Like mm-hmm. that's that's something you need to know too. Is like what is the environment like when it comes to people talking about short term rentals. And to piggyback off of that too, it's not just the city. It also depends on your building, your neighborhood. So there's that level one that you have to take into account, but then level two of like, do you have a homeowners association? Are you in a building? Like there is no excuse for not knowing. It's like knock on one neighbor's door or ask your real estate agent, go online. You're pretty much going to get an answer um, pretty quickly. I, I, I know most homeowners associations, condo associations, the president will tell you immediately, Hey, uh, you know, page four line, a no short-term rent, like they're going to be able to, to, <laughs> to pinpoint that for you. So there's almost like there, you know, that second tier, once yeah. you see if it's cool in that city, you've got to go to that second tier of, um, you know, where your property actually, actually is, is it a private community? Is it allowed and kind of educate yourself there too? Yeah. That's really good. And a lot of people, I think when you see those AirDNA reports, you know, the top destinations to invest in a short-term rental, uh, they may be great in the performance of revenue, but I don't know if some of those are like actually regulatory friendly. So it's uh, always kind of an interesting play to think, yeah, is the ROI really good? Does it yield good money? But um, what's that regula- like regulation scene looking like? Because it is shifting a lot. I think we're seeing now, um, I'd be curious to see, uh, with the hotel kind of push, you know, Sarah, that you mentioned earlier is that 
what uh, cities, you know, I know Chicago is going through a big, big, big shift right now in that, and they're battling it hard. Uh, but that's where a lot of big hotels are, like huge 1,200-plus room hotels that are, you know, bringing in millions and billions of dollars in conventions and all this other stuff that they don't want uh, they don't want to lose a sliver of that pie. So it's going to be interesting to see play out. But uh, there's a lot of good resources out there, and I think, you know, from what you you two have learned from just Ohio in general, uh, where would you recommend anybody to start? Like, what's the easiest go-to in that sense of, like, just is it just Google? Do you just go on Google? Do you go on the county website? Do you What do you do? What's your number one? I think that really is where you go. Um, and I would, and here's the thing too, like with any short-term rental research, I would layer it. Yeah, cool. Air DNA, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a tool. It's mm-hmm. a, it is not the beyond and all. Yeah. Neither is any of the OTAs. They are tools. Yep. Um, as well as, you know, the tool of, yes, the, the, the governing body. Like, what does it currently say? But they may not tell you what the conversations are leading towards. So then maybe you want to reach out to a real estate agent who works with short-term rental investors, right? So there's another tool or another layer that you want to layer into your research. So Google is going to be your friend and just make sure you tap into all sorts of different layers so you can paint a more accurate picture for your yourself of if that area is going to be short-term rental friendly or not, because here's the deal, like any business, most businesses, it takes a decent amount of investment, whether you're signing a lease and committing to a year situation and then furnishing the place and then hopefully educating yourself on a solid operational um, situation for your business. Like that's a lot of time, money, heart, all that stuff. You want to know that you'll be in business and, and long enough to, to, to turn a profit and create a brand for yourself in, in that space. Yeah. I love that. Well, I have a, Oh, go ahead, Annette. Sorry. Yeah, there's some cool stuff too. Like if you were really serious about purchasing a place, like go to the OTAs, go to Airbnb, go to home away and actually type in the zip code, type in the address, see yeah. what other competition yeah. is there. See if they have a, like a license in their listing, like see if think people are even doing that. And then also look at the hotels. What are the, what are the occupancy look looks like in both hotels and short-term rentals. I would look at both, both of those yeah. and, and exactly pinpoint the zip code, like almost the street, you know, that <laughs> you're, you're wanting to, to participate in the short-term rental market. hundred percent. I remember in 2019 when I was a hotel manager and I was like doing our revenue, you know, like forecasting and stuff, uh, I would pull in a report from, it wasn't AirDNA, it was, uh, uh, all the rooms.com and I would go off of like some of the OTAs like Airbnb and whatnot. And, uh, my, uh, my boss would get so mad that I would pull in vacation rental data because they're like, we're not in competition with them. I'm like, actually you are, you are a hundred percent in competition with them. And I think we should account like what they're doing and what their occupancy looks like. If we are low and they're high, we're doing something wrong or vice versa, you know? So, um, it, I would it was, like to see your boss now. Uh, I, I would too. I would too. <laughs> Trust me. Actually, I don't think I want to go back, but uh, it's been interesting and actually kind of segueing into that because I want to, I, I personally, this is a selfish question. So anyone in the audience listening uh, to this episode, this is a hundred percent out of like selfish drive. Um, I want to know how are you two balancing the media side of your business, which is thanks for visiting. And then of course running your vacation rental properties because uh <laughs> I'm doing the same thing and plus a couple other projects on the outside and holy crap. Uh, so talk about entrepreneurship and the grind and the hustle and creating systems and organizing and hiring and doing all this stuff. Um, you two are in basically the same boat, if not a little bit further ahead. So listening to your answer is going to help me a ton. So I'm just kind of curious selfishly to how you balance. It's hard. 
Well, it's hard. I'm not going to lie to you. You know what I mean? Like it's, it is a constant um, search of amazing people who we can put in the right seat to help us drive that aspect of our multifaceted business, right? Like we, if you ask Nettie and I separately, you know, we're we're not in the same room. Um, I run the short-term rental um, operational side of our hosting um, endeavors. Mm -hmm. I am usually the one who communicates with the cleaning team, our, our hosts, our owners, like that whole situation. I'm making sure that's dialed in while Nettie is making sure the thanks for visiting side, the media side is, is running smoothly. She's connecting us with, we have an online business manager now who really helps us make sure we are reaching out to podcast guests. And we have a, a membership now with um, other rockstar hosts and that we're serving them. And, mm-hmm. and then we have, you know, we're hiring constantly and growing and change and that's entrepreneurship, right? That's not, never, we do sometimes find those moments of like, okay, if things are quiet, it's just gonna be like this for like a day or two so nice but then three days later it's like okay this person's moving on to this situation and we got to figure out i mean but that it's like it's also that saying of like i'd rather work 60 hours on my own project than 40 hours on someone else's project right now in my life like um you know i we count on people who don't mind helping another entity grow right Mm -hmm. that we count those people but in where i where i've been and where i'm going um staying on my toes and ever changing is is fun, stressful. Um, but Nettie, do you have any thoughts on that whole situation? You hit on a, a couple of different times. So <clears throat> pardon me. We actually have more people helping us than you would probably think. Oh, yeah. um, we're not scared to say that. We um, will be very transparent that we, we are, we pay our team. Like that's our, all of our funds go there first. Um, and we're, we're not scared to to grow. And we know that we're, if we need a team, so that's, that's kind of the secret weapon is we could not do anything, um, on our own. So we always bring on help probably before we actually need it, but we know that it's going to, it's going to be necessary. So that's, we don't do it all ourselves. That's the number one thing. (laughs) Well, we (laughs) count on ourselves, right. More than we count on something Mm -hmm. else. So we believe in what we're doing, which is why it's like, you know, every time we meet, which is almost every day, we're like, nope, I I believe in things visiting. Let's just do that so that it can like be healthy and awesome and serve those people or nope. I believe in the hosting business. Like I got to serve these, these, uh, this amazing industry here in Columbus. Um, But I'll also say, and Will, you can attest this working in the hotel and like the corporate hotel industry too, is we also know the importance of whenever you build out a role in your business, and this is for your listeners who are short-term rental hosts, entrepreneurs, you build a handbook mm-hmm. so that when those people move on and they inevitably will, you can plug someone else into that same role and they are equipped, they are educated, and your business keeps running smooth. You know, it's not a perfect process, especially when you're, you know, in your infancy, but um, the more you can develop those roles and those responsibilities into checklists or a handbook or something tangible that you can literally pass on to someone else. Our first product, which is not available anymore, but we call it the hosting handbook mm-hmm. because we just believed in like, okay, you know, chapter one is these three things. So, so that if you were like for these, these are for those hosts out there who just may host one property, right. But they want a weekend off they yeah. want a week off and they don't want to be, you need a handbook to pass off to your bestie, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Or your partner or whomever so that your business can run without you for that short period of time. So I don't know about you will, but like, um, there's an episode I listened to some podcasts. They called it the, um, the, uh, what's it called when you're, um, unconscious, uh, 
Oh, I know what you're. Oh my gosh. Gosh darn it. Like you hit your head and you're unconscious. Like, will your business run without you? Coma. A coma. Oh, yeah, a coma. coma yeah. Yeah. It was a bigger pockets episode. Um, and that really spoke to me. So from day one, I'm like running my own business. I, my goal, not at first, not in the first yeah. year or two. Right. But like at, my goal is that it will run without me. And I am an, and I am the orchestrator or, and then eventually I'll pull myself from that. And then I'm just looking at it about it. Let me do another project. Right. But that has always been, um, the goal. So checklist handbooks all those sorts of things yeah i wasn't planning on mentioning this but Corey, take notes because we're going to build out the playbook a little bit more <laughs> uh, but no and i think that well, it's good because you can jump back in like if, oh, yeah. if sarah's gone and she does something it's like oh shoot what do i need to do it's like oh i can like this is what happens in this section of the business so that's the other part too when you have those systems if once you know trust but verify like you yeah. can do it but then if you're away from it for a while make sure that you can slip back in and take care of it. And that's where those checklists become really, really important. It's like, Oh, okay. I remember how to do this. Like I'm back. I can do it. I love that you just said trust, but verify. That's like my favorite military term because every time I would do something, my Sergeant would go check on it and he'd be like, all right. I'm like, well, you don't believe me. He's like, trust, but verify, trust, but verify. I don't care if you're an expert at this. Like I'm going to double check your work every time. Um, Or for instance, we have inspectors and we look at like over their work after they've done an amazing, amazing job turning over a property. And they're like, well, are you checking my work? It's like, no, we're trust, but verified. Like no yeah. one set of eyes is never enough. Yeah. I'm like, why not have a second set of eyes looking in the refrigerator and in the dishwasher and checking the bed for, you know, just the whole property. So that's the, tr- the trust, but verify is just making sure you're giving that um, next level experience. Yeah. Which is what I saw recently yeah. on your Instagram. So that was perfect. Great, great plugin. Um, well, I want to go into a, kind of a, a final or wrap up question for you too, because we talked about you know like what um, you know what your what your learnings are, you know all this other stuff. But I really want to know for both of you separately, what drives you? Like, what really like makes you say you know like? Granted, we talked about all these great things, you know, guest experience and like this stuff, the fun stuff of hosting, hospitality, vacation rentals, you name it. But really, as like an entrepreneur, as a especially a female founder too, you both of you, you know, like you said, not amplified voices um, in the space. Like you and Heather Bayer are like the only two like female podcast leaders that I've I've really recognized and seen pop up. And so I want to know like what really drives you on that that level of just to can you continue to grow and build something that's really unique and special. My why is to leave this world better than I found it. And I've had a lot of things that have driven me to be the star of a show, quite literally. Um, from the time I was, in, you know, three, I wanted to be the lead, and I wanted to, like my wanted my to sing high and sing loud, and and that's all good and well, and entertain people, make them feel good. And along that journey, I learned how to serve people, quite literally. You know, getting a drink from this place, taking it to their table, and being a part of that that exchange of um, of goods and services. And I've become really good at it. And I used to be so against that part of my life so that I could, you know, be the star of the show. Um, but man, did I thrive in that role and was I good at it? And I, as a performer, just communicating with people and, and, and being able to read them and what, it's just a gift of mine. And so I've learned how to not be so mad about it. And I've learned to like, okay, I, I can now show others how to do this, how to make it fun, how to make it safe. And, and continue. Um, I, I just, there's so many, especially females in this. I think females are the biggest audience um, or users on the Airbnb platform. I know it's just one OTA, but it's a bit the most popular probably. Yeah. Um, and females are the biggest. So it's also like, 
you know, I've struggled with my own operations back when I started in 2010. Um, I knew nothing about real estate when I first bought in New York City. And so I made so many mistakes. And it's like, this is my way of leaving the world better than I found that I can at least share with people mm-hmm. uh, my trips and falls and successes and help them on their journey because it's a popular industry and I want to see it thrive. So that's, that's my why. I love that. What about um, you, Annette? Yep. Similarly to Sarah, just empower, empower people that want to host, empower people that want to run their own business. Um, it's something that I never, ever imagined myself doing. And it's, uh, the feeling, obviously there's a reward financially, but there's this other, there's this elevated reciprocity, like, oh my gosh, it's taking complete ownership of, of your future. And it, it can be fun and it can be, um, just it's hard, but the hard is the good stuff too. And I think, um, just sharing that, showing people what's possible. Like if they really, like, it sounds cliche, but like you really can do whatever you want to do. And so if Sarah and I can help somebody get there a little bit faster and a much smoother, uh, road, we are here for that. And instead of us bottling and up all this info, it's like, we have got to share that and empower, empower hosts and, just people in general and let them know what's possible. That's, that's kind of where I'm coming from every day of like, let's, let's get them here and, and help them thrive. I love that. It's great. Well, I want to ask one more question because this is something that uh, one of my best friends and I have been going through a book called Effort, uh, effortless. And it's like how to make things effortless in your life, whether it's through business, personal, whatever. Um, but one of the questions I asked him and I would love to know your responses because I think this is a, uh, something as entrepreneurs, we always kind of, maybe forget or kind of oversee uh, is how are you personally making sure that you're enjoying the process going through everything that you're going through? That might be the hardest thing for me. Well, <laughs> I, 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 I'm, I'm enjoying the process, but it's also like, gosh, like I'm so into serving that I forget that I have to put my oxygen mask on first so that I could continue to serve at a high quality. And I think that's where that comes into is enjoying the process. Um, and for me, it's Nettie and I have, well, Nettie brought this to my life and I wrote it on my bathroom mirror, but it's slow down to speed up. Um, I embody a New Yorker. I mean, I've been attracted to that city ever since I was, you know, born and I just love how fast it is. I mean, just go, go, go and make decisions quick. And that's all great. But, um, if you don't slow down and build systems so that you can be more effortless in your operations, then it's not, I can, I can tell you from experience, that's when it becomes not fun. And that's also where I can share my mistakes with um, our community um, and and yours is just uh, remember why you started this and build a slow, um, gradual foundation to this business, which is why I get, you know, frustrated with like the, 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 the first step one is sign a bunch of leases. It's like, no, 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 no. I want sign leases. I don't care how you obtain your properties, but you have to have an operations mindset so that you can enjoy the process, right? You can enjoy growing your business because you've got this solid foundation first. Mm -hmm. Um, So you got to put your oxygen mask on first. And I can tell you, if you don't, you're going to be gasping for air and it's not (laughs) fun. Nettie? (laughs) My my response is really, uh, and we are doing this, is celebrating even the teeny tiny wins. That's good. Because there there isn't a finish line. Nope. Uh, and realizing that and not trying to like sprint after it. It's like, wait, let's, let's, there's like these other milestones on a daily basis that should be celebrated. And, um, 
just doing that. Cause that, at the end of the day, that was like, what's, what's the point of everything? Yeah. You know, why are we yeah. doing this? It's like, let's, let's celebrate that we just recorded this episode or just welcomed X number of guests or, you know, got a five-star review. So that's the, that's the deal is, is really just cause Hey, to me, celebrating is effortless. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> down, I'm down to do that. So that's, that's where we're as making sure to, to celebrate all those small wins. I love that. Way. I love that. That's perfect. That's literally perfect. So Awesome. Well, I want to say thank you so much for you two both, again, being on the show, bringing in a lot of knowledge, a lot of your personal journey, like just hearing on the, you know, this is the fun part about the podcast for me is that I get to hear like the personal side that maybe I wouldn't hear on your show or uh, on, on Instagram or whatever it may be. And it's just really cool to get that personal level with you. So I want to say thank you for being open. Thank you for sharing. And uh, can I ask one request, actually? Can you, yes. two, can you two do the thanks for visiting at the same time like you do on the show? It's like yeah, iconic. Of yes. Of course. <laughs> well, I'm Sarah Karakayan. I'm Annette Grant. And together we are. Thanks, thanks for, for visiting. visiting. <laughs> you heard it, Slick Talkers. So thank you for checking out this episode. Leave us a review. Go ahead and check out all the details in the show notes. And we will see you guys again next week. Thank you so much for listening. We love your support and want to provide the best we can to all our listeners. So please find us online, social media, and on Spotify, Apple Podcast, and Google Podcast. What's up, all my Slick Talkers? This episode is brought to you by my friends at Hostfully. Now, these are the days where enough is enough with managing multiple calendars for your properties in order just to make sure you don't get double booked. And not having a website for your guests to get to know your story and book direct? You can stop stressing, at least a little bit, and check out my friends at Hostfully. Hostfully was created by hosts for hosts, and they understand the importance of centralizing operations, inboxes, calendars, and of course, keeping up with the times and the industry data. You can go to hostfully.com, use my code SLICKTALK20 to get access to their digital guidebooks and their property management software. I use them as well, and I love the simplicity of their product. Now, I hope you enjoyed this episode of Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast. Now sit back and enjoy. What's up, everybody? If you've gotten this far into the episode of Slick Talk, the Hospitality Podcast, then you are amazing, and thank you so much for tuning in. We want to send you two places really quickly. If you can, check out the show notes and click the hospitality.fm link. Check out all of our other shows on the podcast network. And don't forget, if you have someone that you want to hear on the podcast, then fill out the guest fill-out form so that way we can get them on the show. Thank you so much for tuning in, and I hope you enjoy another episode of Slick Talk, the Hospitality Podcast.